Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, and with me is Michael Shore. Michael, welcome. Thank you for having me, Joe. You're welcome. You know what? You know what that was? That was a eh, we're not opening baseball cards podcast. It was a little bit of a, a plaintive wail to the heavens because <laughs> in an era we've reached the end of an era. We're no longer and, wasting everyone's time era. by opening old packs of baseball cards. And I'm a little it's, it's a little maudlin, I'd say. It is it is. It's a little maudlin and sad, but uh haven't we already announced we're gonna do this again next year? Like we're yeah. gonna just do this basically every year at this point. Every I would say every off season maybe, yep. right? Will be yep. the deal uh, as a way to kill time. Um, but I, I, as I look back on the last several months of our lives, I would like to say a couple of yes. things. Number one. Yeah, please do. For Again, thank you to everybody who donated. That was yes. incredible. We raised over $100,000 for the Eleanor and Lou Gehrig ALS Center. Incredible. 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 Thank you also to um, David Roth, who joined us, and Sarah Langs, who joined us, and Tom Haverstrow. That's right. For That's right. helping us with our quixotic quest to uh kill to waste time in an entirely new way that was really fun to have all of them thank you to the tops uh, baseball card company exactly right that was super super fun wrinkle that was added by tops baseball cards at the last second that that allowed you to rip open a bunch of allen and ginter cards and tops heritage cards and all sorts of weird fun things that was really fun and it just this whole weird journey that we've been on for like two months was truly truly delightful 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 and tops uh donated made you know made yes. a, uh, made a donation uh as did uh, others uh and of course thank you also in fact we're gonna go ahead and announce again we've we've announced all of our winners before but we did it sort of in a slapdash and we way. forgot we forgot at least one person <laughs> and we forgot one of the one of the people so we're gonna we're gonna announce all of our winners and and tell you what they're they're getting uh mm. so that was that was the deal so we raised money uh for the for the uh, Eleanor and Lou Gehrig uh, ALS Center and ALCS Center uh, there mm-hmm. at Columbia University, uh, which is exciting. But we also uh, had a a sort of prize uh, raffle where we are giving away a bunch of stuff. And by the way, we are still going in the process. You There's a very good chance if you enter the contest that you will be getting an email at some point here in the next week or two saying you are a, uh, what are we calling? We're not calling them minor winners. What are we calling them? We're just calling them prize winners. Bonus, prize bonus winners. winners. Bonus, bonus, bonus prize, prize winners. winners. <laughs> bonus prize winners. Uh, you will be getting an email uh, asking if you want your bonus prize. You might not because 
they're not all going to be great. I'm not. I'm just going to tell you point blank. It's going to be no, whatever they, we decide. They will it's be randomly be. selected objects, either individual <laughs> cards or packs of old cards or something that we're just going to mail out willy nilly uh, as a as a sort of way to spread some of the joy around to as many folks. Exactly. As exactly. And uh, so, but we have seven. Uh, which I would call grand prize winners. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm going to go through those now. We're going to go through them. So first is congratulations to Adam Perlman, who uh, won the Derek Jeter prize package, the right. the massive Derek Jeter prize package. Uh, he won this even though he was not the first person selected to Correct. win the Derek Jeter prize package. Uh, but the first four or five people we chose <laughs> said they didn't want it. <laughs> which is which is so wonderful, wonderful. just, just wonderful. so wonderful and by the way we have those of you who have you have been that were polled uh that did not win the Derek Jeter prize package you will also uh be getting you will be getting something you yeah. you, you have been you have, you're going to be getting something uh but you're not getting the Derek Jeter thing and you don't want it so that's good mm-hmm. Lindsay Bounds is the winner of a 2023 Stratomatic baseball uh, card uh, game. Kind of the set. coolest prize you can win. It's the coolest prize. I mean, literally, Stratomatic, like Tops, comes in at the last minute, says, Hey, we want to give you, we want to give away one of our sets. Literally, and it, when they sent it in, they had not even been printed yet. They were still uh, in the process of being printed. I believe they have been printed now. I don't know if Lindsay has already received. Uh, the prize, but uh, congratulations to you, Lindsay. And then what we called our five grand prize winners. Mm-hmm. And these people, will, the Mike is handling the grand prize winners. Mike, what will these people be getting? Okay, here we go. So when we can assemble all of this stuff and give us a couple weeks because it requires yeah, least, yeah. it requires giant packages of books to all be sent to me, and then it requires me to package them up with other stuff and send them out. So it might take a while. Don't panic if you haven't gotten it. In a, in a couple weeks, um, they will receive an autographed copy of your book, The Baseball 100, That's an autographed right. copy of my book, uh, which I forget the name of now, but it's very good. Uh, <laughs> I've heard the- it's great. I've heard it's great. <laughs> and an autographed <laughs> copy of Jonathan Igg's book, uh, Luckiest Man. The lucky, auto- Luckiest uh, Man. An That's autographed right. copy of Jason Kander's book, although that will technically devalue the prize package to include Candor's <laughs> right. book, but we're going right. to go ahead and throw it in there anyway. You um, get it anyway. And then and uh, you got to choose a card, any card that we opened. Uh, and the, the selections have been really fun. Uh, the people They're fun. They're very, very choices. fun. And, and then a, an original essay, original writing material about that player from Joe Posnanski with perhaps some bonus original material about that player from me in some That's capacity right. that we haven't quite worked out yet. And potentially a bunch of cards, like a, b- a bunch of packs of '81 Donruss or Fleer, um, just a bunch of it's other you random stuff. There. Anything exactly. I throw into this giant box is going to show up. It's going to cost a thousand dollars to ship these packages. That's right. Probably right. That's right. Like my oh, part yeah. of, part of my donation to this charitable enterprise <laughs> is the enormous shipping cost of because your book weighs. 28 pounds, I believe. Well, that's a great a thing is the, that we have, we, because we are so good at this and so effective mm-hmm. at this kind of thing, 
we are shipping my gigantic book twice. I'm shipping them to you, right. which is going to cost me a fortune. Right. And then you're shipping them on to somewhere else because this- Including this Canada. Is- One of the prize winners is in Canada. I think it's like, uh, it's going to cost $250 to ship that box to Canada. Oh, yeah. Uh, but but you know what? But we're doing it. But we're, we're doing totally it anyway doing because, it. And, and, because we uh, love and you guys. We're doing it in, in because uh, we're happy to do it, A, and B- because there's nothing that I could imagine more fun than opening a giant box of random baseball associated <laughs> stuff. Uh, and so uh, to thank all of you for donating and for um, and for just being a part of this silly thing that we've been doing, it is our absolute pleasure to spend an inordinate amount of money shipping enormous heavy boxes of material all over the world. <laughs> it's, it's what we live for. It's what we live for. So here are our five big winners. Uh, congratulations to Eddie Guy, uh, one of the prize package winners, who has chosen Jason Veritek. He's actually specifically chosen the Allen and Ginter Jason Veritek card, which I'll have to find, I guess. Um, but uh, Jason Veritek, so you will be getting a Jason Veritek essay. And you just so happened to choose, maybe you did this on purpose, Eddie, to choose uh, one of uh, Michael Shore's favorite all-time players. Yeah. So there's a pretty good chance that you will be getting some Jason Veritek-like If you thoughts. think I'm not weighing in on Jason <laughs> Veritek, you have another thing coming. There will be Jason Veritek in there. <laughs> All right, that's one. That's one. Greg Thiebault is a, a grand prize winner, and he chose uh, Bo Jackson, 1987 Bo Jackson. What a pick. What a great pick. What a, what's a great pick. And... and uh, I've uh, I've written a little bit about Bo Jackson in the you past. Have, in fact, yes. in fact, I've also written about Bo Jackson for a new book that is coming out that I wrote. I know I haven't mentioned the Baseball One Hundred. No, you've mentioned this before. The Baseball. No, no, 100. no. It's a, I have a new book. I have a new book coming out. Uh, you called... wrote another book <laughs> called "Why We Love Baseball," which will be coming out in September. And uh, there is quite a bit of Bo Jackson in there. Uh, but you will be getting Greg. You will be getting your very own. Bo Jackson typewritten essay uh, of uh, indeterminate length uh, that uh, might just tell a good Bo Jackson story. I don't know what it's going to do yet, but but it'll be fun. I promise how, you. How many fun. how many people are there in the history of, I would say either baseball or sports in general, who have more great stories about them than Bo Jackson? Not many. Oh no, no. You're talking I, about I mean, like maybe like uh, Satchel Paige. I would say right. Maybe sure, sure. Willie Mays, maybe Hank Aaron, maybe. But I think maybe Bo Jackson has better, more stories than Hank Aaron, even like despite his twenty-five-year career. Well, this is something. All right, and we'll discuss this in a minute because I, I, I want to have your conversation. I had a conversation with our dear friend uh, Bob Costas uh, a few uh, days ago. And uh, he brought up this very interesting thought. You and I are both LeBron guys. Mm-hmm. We're both LeBron, uh, greatest player who ever lived guys. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there are plenty of Jordan, Michael Jordan guys. We've we've been over that. I don't want to rehash I do. the LeBron versus Michael Jordan. I we do. can. I, I mean, always look, do. No, I always want to yeah, <laughs> rehash that. But argument. the thing is, there's no argument because we agree we're on the same side. But of course, yeah. that's what this podcast is. Anyway, he brought up this very interesting thought about which one of them has more legendary stories. Ooh. Which is a very interesting thought because I started thinking about LeBron legendary stories and they ain't that many of them. There really aren't. And there's like a 
billion Michael Jordan stories. We'll talk about this in a minute. I don't want okay, to go into okay, this yet. Fair enough, but fair this enough. relates directly to Bo Jackson. So wait, you're saying, which is, wait, hold on. Just to be clear, you're saying that in a second, we're going to argue who was the greatest basketball player ever, Michael Jordan or LeBron? <laughs> I can't wait. I cannot wait. What? Look, we just wasted an inordinate amount of time opening old baseball cards, and now that's, that's right. over. We need a new way to waste time. What That's better right. way on a sports <laughs> podcast to waste time than arguing Jordan versus LeBron? That's like the ultimate time waster. Especially since we're not even arguing. We'll nope. just both be going, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. <laughs> uh, let me give you the other winners. Chris Colden uh, won, and Chris made a very big mistake. Congratulations, Chris. You made a very big mistake. You told us to choose the card for you. Oh, God. You said, go ahead. So, so you will be getting a just delightfully creased 1987 Cliff Speck card with a little essay about Cliff Speck, who spent 13 years in the minor leagues um, and uh, and then finally made it to the big leagues. Uh, I, we might throw uh, we'll throw some other, other stuff cool, in there, but we'll that's, throw some cool but, cards for you. But, but, that but, is but that's your essay. Cool, your essay is going to be Cliff Speck. That is a cool choice, though. Like to me, we opened that Cliff's we found the legend of Cliff Speck with David Roth, the ultimate uh, person who remembers guys in American history, and who stumbled into this this endless kind of uh, Don Quixote-like career that he had. Whatever that essay ends up being, it's going to be super fun and cool. Super fun. And just, you, just a little teaser on the back of the Cliff Speck card. It says, Cliff derives enjoyment from working on cars. He derives enjoyment <laughs> from working oh. on cars. Griffin Porter is our fourth winner. Griffin is our Canadian winner. Congratulations mm-hmm. to you, Griffin. Griffin chose the 1992 Dave Winfield card. Good choice. Uh, which is an excellent choice. One of the rules we had on this was that you could not choose a baseball 100 player, and Dave Winfield was just on the outside, just on the outside. So you're going to get some cool Dave Winfield stuff, especially because uh, I spoke to Dave Winfield just a few weeks ago right. for, I know, I, I should tell you this, this book I'm writing. I wrote, I'm writing this Baseball 100. Book. You keep mentioning no, no, it's Baseball a, it's 100. No, no, it's a new book called what? Why We Love Baseball. What? And Dave Winfield is, is powerfully featured in that as well. All right, and then finally, but... Honestly, not not least. This is just this is the truest last but not least. We forgot to mention Daniel Flood, who won, mm-hmm. uh, was our fifth prize winner. He was a guy who we did not mention last week. Daniel, congratulations. Daniel uh is is not only going to get a Wally Joyner card Great choice. along with an essay about Wally Joyner, which is I mean, you don't get better than the Wally Joyner. Wally World. Like man. that is that was it. Wally he World. was the biggest thing in the sport for an entire year in in eighty six, eighty seven, eighty eight. That era, oh, huge. Nobody Just was bigger huge. than Wally Joyner. Yeah. No, Wally Joyner was so cool. There was a time when it was like, who's better, Conseco or Wally Joyner? And the yeah. fact that that was like, who's better? Like, like that was. That was our Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays argument was <laughs> was Conseco versus uh, Wally Joyner. Uh, and also, there is a very good chance, Daniel, that you will be getting a box of Don Russ cards uh, as well for your, for your child mm-hmm. um, because it is something you mentioned and also because Mike is just dying to get these Don Russ cards out I'm of his house. I'm swimming in 1981 <laughs> Don Russ, and I can't, I'm so excited you asked for that because I can't wait to get them out of my house and get them into your house. 
Delightful. All right, so there's our winners. Congratulations, everybody. That is a wrap on on this year's baseball card. One last thing. The other thing that we wanted to do, and we can't quite figure out how to do it, but the other thing that we wanted to do is take some of the higher value cards that we found Oh, that's and, right. And auction them off. And they're, they're, we, we're going to look into this. There's like a there's the charity buzz way to do it. Adam McKay, or my friend Adam McKay, has been doing this with basketball cars to benefit a climate uh, the Climate Emergency Fund. And um, he's having a big auction in June uh, of a bunch of cards that he has pulled. Um, he just one a minor a smaller auction just ended, but he's I believe he's having another one in June. So look around for that on on the Charity Buzz website sometime later in the spring or early summer. So we may try to do something like that. In order to do it properly, we have to get the cards graded so that people know yeah. what they're bidding on, which takes a long time and blah, blah, blah. So we're not 100% sure how we're going to do that. But I would still like to take some of the higher value cards, some of those those, those Jeter rookies that we pulled that we're not giving away in the Derek Jeter price package. We have like three of those. I don't want them. I hate Derek Jeter. <laughs> so I would love to like get them into the hands of someone who does want them for charity. So we'll stay tuned over the next couple of months. We might have another announcement later on about how you could potentially buy some of the higher value cards that we pulled in a, a, to additionally benefit some charity or another. We're not sure which yet. That's correct. And by the way, are, are we actually, I mean, I know at one point we talked about this, are we going to pull baseball cards like around the NBA playoffs with Adam McKay? Are we going to have Adam on here? We should. And pull we some should basketball absolutely cards? do that. Not yeah. baseball, basketball, basketball cards. cards. Yeah. yeah, we should. Yeah. We should buy some uh, some boxes of old basketball cards like we do with Tom Haberstroh. Oh, that would be the other thing we could. We found those Jordan, those eighty whatever they were, uh, 80, 88 uh, hoops or the hoops Jordan. Hoops. Yeah, we found. Hoops I found Jordan. a hoops Jordan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we have we have a bunch of cards like that that we could get graded and then auction off. So. Uh, but yes, we should absolutely invite Adam on to do that with us uh, down the line. You know, you know who else we should have on? You know who else is a huge, huge basketball fan? Who's that? Flula, Flula, Flula Borg. Flula Borg. <laughs> we, yes. we should have Flula Borg. We should have Flula on. We should also have. Uh, we should try to get Howard Bryan on. Um, yes. because he is a huge basketball guy. What so? Potentially, but Howard's a big all sports guy. Though. He is, Howard's a big baseball is. guy too. So, but we know, should to down the line, maybe NBA playoffs, maybe in April or May, we get some basketball cards and have another round of this because uh, it is <laughs> truly delightfully fun. It's so fun. Know. It's so delightfully fun. All right, back to the Mike to the Bob Costas questions for you. So we can where we you are going to argue that that LeBron is the greatest player I've ever, and I'm not because I'm just I agree. Right. But but I do but the question was because you had brought it up about Bo Jackson, who has more great stories than Bo? Yeah, and that's football and basketball. Just it's 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 nuts how many legends. So the question is, who has had more legendary moments that you can remember off the top of your head, LeBron or Michael Jordan? Because well, Michael, I can think of like twenty of them. I mean, that's the thing, and I cannot so like. Okay, so here here's what I would say about this. I uh, on my my stat of the day for the mothership, uh, the Dan Levitard show with Stugatz, um, featuring head goon, head metal art goon Dan Levitard, <laughs> head, head metal um, art goon. A couple, maybe a week or so ago, one of the stats I gave, which I I truly found interesting, was on the on the Basketball Reference website, there are twenty five categories of stats that they keep track of for all players. And okay. LeBron has played 20 seasons, which means there are 500 categories, like, you know, 25 a year for 20 years that he right. could have led the league in. And shockingly, this truly shocked me. 
he has only, out of those 500 possibilities, he has only led the league in six individual things. He led the league in games played like three times because he tied with 82. He has right. one assists title, I believe, one points title, and then one, I don't know, minutes played or something like that. Oh, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, that, yeah I'm looking at it right it's now. It's a very shocking thing to realize that what makes LeBron the best player of all time is that he is a top five or top ten player in every aspect every of Every aspect of the game. That's right. So, that's right. you know, he he is – and the, the argument – uh, if we're going to go ahead and do this, why not do it? If the argument for him being better than Jordan is, you would if you went through all of the important aspects of basketball, you would say, okay, who's a better pure scorer? That's Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan right. won whatever it was, six, seven, eight scoring titles, whatever. Yes, so Jordan is better. Who's a better rebounder? That's obviously LeBron. LeBron is sure. a, a far better rebounder. Who is a better passer? That's obviously LeBron. LeBron has way more assists. He's fourth all time. He has more assists than like some of the greatest point guards who ever lived. It's incredible, incredible, like more, more, yeah. Yeah. It's it's that part is absolutely amazing. Who's the better? Who's top five in? He's number one scorer and top top five five in assists. assists. That's and and by the time he retires, he'll be top like ten in rebounds or something, or top twelve. I don't know. Oh yeah. Um, So then you say, okay, who's a better defender? Well, Jordan, legendary, legendary defender, just absolutely. Uh, a stone cold defensive player of yeah. the year caliber guy. However, Led the league in steals right. multiple times. Yeah. However, so is LeBron, and LeBron guarded one through five in his career. LeBron guarded That's point right. guards, he guarded centers, and he guarded everything in between. And so, who's a better overall defender? That gets a little trickier, and you sure. might end up saying LeBron. And when you go down the line of like everything, every skill you need to play the game of basketball, I'd say Jordan is only clearly better than LeBron in one thing, and that one thing is scoring, and that's why, to me, the argument ends there. It's like LeBron is a better... LeBron also dragged... You know, everybody talks about LeBron 6-0 in the finals, and LeBron uh, Jordan is 6-0 in the finals, LeBron is 4-5 or something? Yeah, something something like that. But... Those teams he dragged to the finals oh, and lost. Especially those early, that Cleveland those, team. That, that Cleveland team in oh his final gosh. season in Cleveland before he left for <laughs> Miami. Look at that roster and tell me. Like, Jordan famously scored 63 points in a in a playoff game against the Celtics. Celtics won that game and they won that series. Yeah. Right? And so LeBron was dragging these terrible teams, terrible yes. teams, to the finals repeatedly. And then dragged some, and then went on the to the finals with some really good teams, obviously. But sure. I don't know if you said right now, would you rather have six gold medals from the Olympics or four gold medals and five silver medals? Right. I think right. I might take four gold medals and five <laughs> silver medals because that well, means been- you were one of the two best in the world for nine different seasons. And by the way, right. three different teams and all different coaches. Like LeBron did not have nearly the consistency of coach and and running no. mate that that uh, Jordan. No, had. no, and look, I mean, you could argue, uh, with fairly convincingly, that Dwayne Wade is better than Scottie Pippen. You could argue that. Sure. That I think I think a lot of people would argue. 
Other than that, so those are the three years that he spent going to the finals with Miami. He never had a Scottie Pippen. I mean, I don't. I would not even put, um, uh, you know, what he had in Cleveland. I certainly wouldn't put Anthony Davis in that category. I mean, Pippen is Pippen's a fifty top fifty all time player. Yeah, and not only is he a top fifty all time player, he perfectly complemented Jordan, both in in the way he played and 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 what he wanted to accomplish and all that. Now, again, you know. Look, I agree with everything you're saying. Jordan was really good at everything, too. It's not like Jordan yeah, was a pure scorer. Of course he was. was a, he was a great passer, and he was a great rebounder for his size, and, and he was he was great at everything. We're, you know, we're saying he's the second-best player of all time. I mean, it's just, you know, he's, he's it's amazing. But you're still avoiding the, the Costas question, which is which okay. one of them has so more let's, legendary So let's get goals. back to that question. LeBron's—but yes. the, the reason I bring up that thing about how— his like his droning top five and everything excellence uh, that we took for granted and continue to take for granted, even when he's 38 years old. What right. it meant is that there, there were few times where he was the absolute without question best in the league at one specific thing, that the way that right. Jordan was at scoring. So his his moments, the chase down block off Iguodala in the finals Definitely. that that essentially Definitely. won the finals for that was that's, incredible. That's an all timer. The, the playoff the, the shot, 48, he, the, the 48, he put up on Boston. Was, yes. Was, when you know, the, Boston was going to win that game and win that series. And LeBron yeah. just said, no, you're not. I'm going to win this game in this yes. series by myself. Yes. They, he hit a, he has a couple buzzer beater game winning shots in the playoffs that are, that are he big. Does. Uh, and then after that, yeah, it's not, it starts to get a little fuzzy. There's the, the uh the the amazing shot with Wade with his arms out like yes. this uh, running yes. into the camera as LeBron is dunking behind him which is incredible <laughs> like there there are certainly iconic moments but Jordan does have you would say i mean Brian Russell pushing off p- just shoving Brian Russell <laughs> with his left hand <laughs> pushing off Brian Russell the flu game, right, uh, flu that, game. that crazy thing. The, clu- the, the qu- uh, Sorry, you have to say this. The quote flu. The quote, quote flu parentheses <laughs> hangover and parentheses game. <laughs> the the shrug when he made all the threes. Yep. The the handing the ball from one hand to another in midair. Yep. Uh, the Craig Elo shot. Sixty three uh, against uh, the Celtics in the playoffs. Sixty three against game, the Celtics in a game, in a game the, he lost. The, the pass to Craig Elo to yep. to win the chance. I mean. It just goes on and on with Jordan. Oh, the, look, just the shot he... I mean, obviously LeBron didn't play in college, but the shot he hit for North Carolina to win the national championship. Right? Yep. You know, I mean, so... And, and so any yes. number of layups and dunks with his tongue hanging out. Yes. Like that, that oh, the too. dunk contest. Yeah, and the dunk contest. Dr- dunking uh, from the free throw line. Yeah. I like the I like the taking flight one, the one from the side where he went up and oh, like kind yeah, of went yeah, yeah. like like Superman that that dunk. Yeah, well, the sort was... of like double clutching of cocking his hand back with the ball uh, in It was one hand. really cool. Yeah. Well, it, it led to, you know, whatever the Nike the Nike symbol, right, of him doing that. By the way, watching the dunk contest this weekend, you realize that maybe those dunks don't hold up as well. Well, now <laughs> that I was about to say that. Now when you look back on like Jordan, I to be fair, yes. At the time, I was never a Jordan guy. I never, I was never captivated by the cult of Jordan. I really never okay. was. I, I wasn't super into the league at that in the like nineties. So 
that right. was just maybe a, a function of of me not being into Jordan was maybe just a function of my lack of of intense fandom. But I remember like when he dunked from the free throw line and people lost their minds. I was like, <laughs> okay, like it was just like a dunk. He took off from really far away. But like he just it was just a dunk. Like it wasn't like yeah. a 360, it wasn't a windmill, it wasn't a I don't right. know. I, I remember at the time being like, why is everyone losing their minds about this? So I like the Superman dunk more, I'm telling you. Like, even at the time, I kind of agree with you. Look, it was it was great. He wasn't the first to do it, right? Dr. J had already done right. you know, and he had added the little double clutch, sure, but I didn't think it was that special. But again, but you're the, here's the thing, looking back on all of them, like Dominique Wilkins and those crazy yeah. windmill dunks, they were so fun. But now you're watching guys make like literally like what 540 like spin reverse. It's jumping it's, over it's... people, picking like Blake Griffin jumped over a car, like a car. <laughs> <laughs> I I the last thing to say about this, which is what I always say whenever I, this incredibly stupid debate comes up, is yes, which is so fun. It's how stupid it it's is. So fun. It's so fun and stupid. But <laughs> at the end of the day. LeBron is three inches taller than Jordan. LeBron outweighs right. Jordan by 60 to 80 pounds, depending on when you're talking yeah. about. LeBron is 38 years old and is still a viable MVP candidate where Jordan was completely washed and out of the league at That's this right. point in his life. Like, I think you take Jordan in his prime, take any Jordan you want, take LeBron in his prime, you have them play one-on-one. If LeBron starts with the ball, Jordan's not getting the ball. <laughs> that's right. That's that's, right. that's the end of the debate to me is like, I, he's he's three inches taller, 70 pounds heavier, and can, and better, by the way, way better three-point shooter. Not in a, not the greatest three-point shooter of all time. Way better than Jordan. And I know, yes, that wasn't part of the game as much back then, blah, blah, blah. But the fact of the matter is, last night in the All-Star game, uh, LeBron just goofing around, pulled up from like 37 feet and just casually drained a three in the first quarter. Like that's part of his game. He has that in his arsenal in a way that Jordan just didn't because that's not how Jordan played. And uh, you know, again, LeBron 38, when Michael Jordan was 34, 35, his game had been reduced to fadeaway jumpers. LeBron is still bashing through people, knocking people (laughs) over and dunking in their face and posterizing them. Like, it's a completely different animal. He's a completely well, different yeah, species. Yeah, physically just different. I, I think, you know, I've, obviously we've talked about the one-on-one thing before, but I would I would take it onto the court, which is, who would you feel better? Jordan guarding LeBron or LeBron guarding Jordan? Yeah. Like, right. who would you feel better about on the, on the floor? I mean, there's a pretty good chance that if you really did match him up at the time, that you would put LeBron on Jordan. If yeah, you wanted to shut Jordan down, you would never put LeBron on uh, Jordan on LeBron ever. No, no chance. You would never even think about putting Jordan on LeBron. He was too skinny. He was he would just be <laughs> backed down. Like you, the only people who can stop LeBron in a one on one scenario are are monsters. They're enormous right. giant That's monsters. Right. They're Joel Embiid sized people uh, <laughs> who who just uh, can, can are taller and stronger than he is, which is like three people in the history of the planet. So that's right. I, I don't know. I it's a, it's the dumbest argument ever. It will never be settled. However, we have settled it here today. And the answer is LeBron. <laughs> and guess what? We're going to do it again next week. This is, we're not opening. We should do anymore. this every week. We should, <laughs> every we should week. have this debate every single week and come to the same conclusion. <laughs>
<laughs> Let's find out this week how we feel about LeBron versus uh, Michael. We should add it to be a new segment. Is has Michael Jordan somehow now gotten better Surpassed. than LeBron? Yeah. <laughs> I will. I will say this. Uh, Bill Plaschke, who was a big uh, favorite of yours in the old days of yeah. uh, of uh, uh, Fire Joe Morgan. He wrote a column after uh, LeBron uh, set the scoring record saying, okay, the argument's over. LeBron is better than Jordan. LeBron is the greatest player of all time. The argument's over. And I like Bill a lot. That that felt unbelievably stupid to me. That just felt so incredibly... Look, if he was better yesterday, then he's better... Like <laughs> Setting... Breaking Kareem's scoring record should nothing have to do no with, impact. Nothing to do. <laughs> nothing to do with the argument. That's amazing. Um, I love it. All right. I have a baseball-related topic to talk to you about. Good. I do as well. So let's hear what you got. And big article in The Athletic uh, yesterday, I think, um, okay. about a new economic reform committee that Major League Baseball is starting. Um and they, th- this comes from the uh, MLB owners, a lot of strife within the MLB owners. And there are a couple of uh, angles to, uh, to this in terms of why it got uh, started. One of them is that Diamond Sports Group, which is the parent company of the Bally Sports Channels, uh, is maybe heading for bankruptcy. So right. it's like half the league is on Bally Sports and if that company goes into bankruptcy, suddenly MLB broadcast rights are kind of up for grabs. Yes. So they're looking for a new model. I think they're probably looking at the deal that Apple signed with MLS for the for like 10 years of their rights. They're probably looking at their own app and their own streaming. They're looking at the NFL network. They're looking at all the stuff the NFL has done. And they're sure. thinking like, okay, we need a new model, potentially a new model for how people can watch baseball. And that plays into this other larger thing about revenue sharing and about, you know, small market teams are upset because they want to share in the revenue from all of baseball, but baseball is a regional game and, and the, not all rights deals are created equal. So they're probably trying to figure out a way to bundle teams together and, and sign some kind of bigger national streaming rights package that will give them more money because that's what businesses do is they look for ways to make more money. However, there is a second angle to this, a second reason this is happening, which is essentially everybody hates Steve Cohen. And Steve Cohen <laughs> has, <laughs> has spent so much money that the small market teams are losing their minds and freaking out and trying to figure out a way to cap spending. They want a hard, it seems like they want a hard salary cap, which obviously That's what the, they want. That's the, right. players, the Players Association uh, has always vehemently so, so we lost against. the world series over them yeah yeah we, we did lost indeed. the world series over that so they are they're the mets uh projected payroll is something like 368 or 370 million dollars <laughs> which is you know a, a 1.5 x higher than Ever. the previous yeah. the, the record high, yeah that's right so the small market teams are are freaking out and they're like, if this if this guy and people like him down the line can spend $370 million, we truly don't have any chance at all. And that's, by the way, $370 million and they lost out on Correa, which is which would have <laughs> pushed it to whatever, $410 million or something. So they've tried a bunch of things. They've tried a, a Steve Cohen tax, which is like the, this higher, this, this second sort of 
super tax threshold of, of two hundred and ninety right. million or whatever it is. It's an even higher threshold. An even yeah. higher threshold where he has to be more taxed. Steve Cohn doesn't yep. appear to care about that at all. Um, he doesn't. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. And so the 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 funny thing about this to me, and I think Buster only maybe made this comment. I, I think it was Buster only. I want to credit whoever said it first, but it it's this I, I it had occurred to me too. There has been uh, in uh, to great success, a history, a recent history of teams tanking really, really hard for years and years and years in order to stockpile high draft choices and uh, and and build through the draft. The Astros famously did it and built Cubs an incredible juggernaut team. The Cubs did it. The Orioles have done it recently and are now poised to kind of like be on the upswing. So yep. these teams have essentially tanked for half a decade or more and committed essentially 0% of their resources toward building a winning team uh, in the in the here and now that would satisfy their fans and make their product good. And everyone's been fine with it. And now a, a couple guys, really one guy, spends an enormous amount of money on the here and now in order to instantaneously build a championship and everybody's freaking out. And it's like, we got to yeah. fix this. We got to stop this. We got to change this. We got to institute a new policy. We need a committee. We need a think tank. We need all this stuff. That to me is the essence of what is wrong with baseball is that yep. they have get, they have not cared at all about teams, a, a large, a fairly large portion of the league essentially not being committed to winning uh, for, right. for, for a very long time. And then when one guy is super committed to winning, Suddenly, that's the problem that needs to be fixed. I mean, there are certain fan bases, among them my beloved Boston Red Sox, who get to the ALCS in 2021 and then in 2022 have a pretty crappy year and and lose uh, one of their most popular and best players. And their owner gets booed. I mean, everywhere he goes uh, because the fans are so passionate and they want to win every single year. That is not the case with most teams. Most teams don't have fan bases that react that way after one down year, and that is what allows the Orioles and the Cubs and the Astros to tank and tank and tank and tank, and then eventually, theoretically, if they draft well, uh, make it back into the ranks of the winning. I just find it so ironic that after essentially what you would call benign neglect toward the concept of tanking, Steve Cohn comes in, and goes around the league and plucks every good player he can and pays them outrageous amounts of money because his only goal is to win a World Series and everyone panics and freaks out and new rules get instituted, new committees get formed. It's just a fascinating development because it really lays bare the essential problem with the way that the league is structured and the way that the the league has gone about trying to build consistent winning across the, across the league, not just within you know, the four or five kind of premier teams. Yeah. Well, listen, I've got sort of a, you know, I was in Kansas city for a long time. And when I was in Kansas city, this is not new. This was exactly what they were talking about in the nineties. That you can't compete with the Yankees. You can't compete with Steinbrenner. Can't compete with all these high priced, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, look, I, I, I bought into it to some degree, I've lost kind of patience with the whole argument. There, there are a couple of reasons why. One is, 
yes. Uh, I think I think trying to make it so that everybody can win is is uh, it's it creates tanking. I mean, I think that that all of these different things that 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 uh, reward losing, such as giving you higher draft picks, mm-hmm. letting you sort of stockpile money. It's terrible. It's anti-competitive, and 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 people have been just taking huge advantage of that for a long time. And then the Astros, not so much. But we saw what happened to the Cubs. Like the Cubs, like hey, we won, and they kind of rested on their laurels. And then it was like, yeah, let's go back to being kind of lousy again. I mean, it it it's it. it I don't have any real faith in teams trying to win when there are uh, all sorts of benefits and incentives to not win. So that's my first thing. The second thing is, and and maybe this has become, this has come from sort of my renewed interest in the Premier League. They don't give a damn about this in the Premier League, man. Nope. You, you are, they're like, our job is not to help uh, you small market, small town Lester's of the world win. If you guys can figure out a way to win, God bless you, man. You you'll create the best story of the gener- of a of a century or whatever. But that ain't our job. Manchester nope. City doesn't give a damn about you. Uh, uh, man United doesn't give a damn about you. Uh, Liverpool doesn't give a damn about you. None of them care about anybody except themselves in that league. And you know what? That league is awesome. And yeah. now there are there are incentives in that league to win if you're not one of the top four or top even top eight. There are right. incentives. You want to stay in that league, you know. I mean, if you're a bottom a bottom feeder in in the Premier League, you you don't want to get uh, relegated. You want to stay in that league. If you're a top, you know, to get into the top eight, you get to go to Europe. I mean, that mm-hmm. is a big deal. Top four, you're in champions. And That's there are financial bonuses that come from playing in the Europa League. There are financial bonuses that come from the Champions League. There are financial bonuses from staying in the Premier League and not getting oh, relegated. Oh, big time. Exactly. Yes. So exactly. This is the fascinating thing to me is that the 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 biggest difference, I would say, in the Premier League model, the two biggest differences are between the Premier League model and the MLB model or American sports leagues is this in the premier league. They are not trying to turn a year over year profit necessarily. They are not trying to make money off their league in America. They are like, they're constantly saying like, well, you know, we barely turn a profit or we, (laughs) we are prop. We don't, we, you know, we, our profit is, we lost money last year, which of course is nonsense. It's all nonsense. (laughs) It's all cooking the books that has been proven over and over and over again for the majority of teams. But regardless in the premier league, the, the way that you make money is you finish in the top eight or the top four, you get bonus pools of money from playing in those tournaments you go far in the FA Cup and that gives you right. money, whatever. But generally speaking, the value of owning a Premier League team is simply that the value of the team increases right. year over year over year so that when you, you buy it for $2 billion and you sell it for $3 billion and that's how you'll make your money. And while you own it, you are the steward of the franchise and you your the value will increase if you sink money into it. And you get to play in those tournaments and you get more eyeballs and you you have a magical run like Leicester did or like Arsenal this year. You return to glory and you were fighting for the league championship. So the 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 what's in it for the owners of Arsenal it now is if they want to sell Arsenal, 
they will make more money than they would have if they That's had right. sold it before That's because right. Arsenal has made more money for them because they have invested in the team and the team has played well. In America, there is this, there's no fear of relegation. You are guaranteed right. the revenue sharing that comes from playing in Major League Baseball or the NFL or whatever. That's and, a big deal. Which is a, by the way, let's pause on that for a minute because you've talked about this on the on, on the podcast before, but it's a big deal. Here's here's why it's a big deal. You are 100% guaranteed to make money as a baseball owner when you sell your team. Yeah. Guaranteed. Not true in the Premier League. No. You, your team gets relegated, and that ain't worth as much all it of a sudden. Now you're values <laughs> the team, and so you have to That's... you have to go out and get good players so that you That's don't right. get relegated. Because if you get relegated, now you're screwed. Now you've got to invest more money to get back up into the to Premier League. To get back into the Because if you're not in that league and you try to sell the team— I mean, what are we talking about? We're talking 50%, 75% cut? I mean, I mean it's it's an enormous billions yeah. of dollar difference between between being and that would be like if you if the Pittsburgh Pirates would be relegated, you better damn well believe the Pittsburgh Pirate owners would be putting money into the yes. team to try to win. O'Neill Cruz would already have a 10-year <laughs> extension and and they would have and you know, they, they their big move this year was getting Kutch back to Pittsburgh, which is a great right. move. Everybody's happy so, about this. Wonderful. Everybody, We're so happy. Wonderful. Great, great, great. Great player. That's where he belongs. They should retire his number when he retires, blah blah blah. But is he going to help them win games? Nope. No. He's not going to no. help them win games at all. Like that and and they're doing it probably partly as a like hey we can have like Andrew McCutcheon day in in June and we can have a little we can sell if he's closing in on some milestone we can probably sell a few more tickets but if they were in danger of being relegated which they absolutely would be right? that ownership group would be forced to go out and compete for free agents and and good players it's and they're deal. not. And so, you know, I remember we've I think we've talked about this before, too. But a decade or more ago, they had that Forbes list of of highest value NFL franchises. And 30th yes. on the list was the Jacksonville Jaguars, who at the time were terrible. Whenever I was reading this, it, they were they were absolutely moribund. They were four and 12 every year who cared about the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Jacksonville Jaguars were valued at nine hundred million dollars. <laughs> and since then. The Jaguars have done essentially nothing. They've made it to a couple playoff games and lost those playoff games. They had that one run where they had a halftime lead on the Patriots in the AFC Championship, and then Brady braided them. Um, but, you know, so they've had a one or two minor successes in that time. Nothing really significant. They haven't won a Super Bowl. They haven't nope. been a consistent winner nope. at all. There's, they're still kind of irrelevant. Still kind of irrelevant. What do you think they're worth now? It's at least twice that. At least oh, at twice least. that. Well, look at this. You cannot be more moribund than the Washington commanders have Correct. been for the last decade, more than decade. Two, two, in decades, large, two and a half decades, in, yeah. In large part because this owner is such an idiot, right? Like right. it's it largely it is directly related to him. He's selling this team for seven billion dollars. <laughs> right. And this is seven what is, billion. This is what is so annoying to me about this, in a nutshell, is these are the most lizard brain capitalists who exist anywhere on earth there is no more right. lizard brain capitalist than an american sports team owner and yet right. the, what do they benefit from more than any other single force socialism they benefit exactly. from socialism they are a co a collective a, they have a non-compete clause they are not they are at all subject to the whims of and to the to the market forces 
that uh, that govern all, all businesses, and they they share their revenue. They put it all into a big pot and they split it up like a bunch of they, real commies. And they, they get mad when one of them spends too much money. Yes. Like, when, like you're making us all look bad here. That money should be going to us. What are there you doing? There is essentially no difference between NFL owners and a group of hippies living on a farm in like 1972 in upstate New York. It's a kibbutz. It's, it's a giant absolutely. kibbutz. They are, they're, you grow carrots and I'll tend to the sheep and I'll, I'll trade you my wool for your carrots and we'll all sing Kumbaya. And it's it's so funny that they that these guys Jerry who, who is a who is a better avatar of the concept of capitalism than Jerry Jones in the world no one the world. he is the he is the absolute embodiment of of unless it's Daniel Snyder right yeah, yeah 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 unfettered like capitalism and yet the thing that allows him to succeed more than anything else in the world is socialism. And it really, it's one of the great ironies of, of the American sports system. And in, in England and in other places, that is, no, that's for real capitalism. That's like you compete yeah, that's or you right. die. You, you outbid other people for labor. You outbid other people. You upgrade your facilities. You make your experience. I mean, uh, they, they do share some money, obviously, from TV rights and stuff like that. They all Well, they do. share a lot of money. If you yeah. get into the league, they share a lot of money. But that's right. you better stay in the but league. You there is to a, get that's in the right. League. There is a threat implied there, which is you might not get to stay in the league. And if you don't, <laughs> you're dead. And so as a result... They have to lay money on the table and compete for yeah. guys and, and sell players. Sometimes they have to sell good players in order to just to 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 you know get out of debt. That's a that's another part of capitalism. Sometimes you got to offload assets that are valuable. <laughs> like they they are actually doing it overseas the way that it should be done, and here instead they're doing it in this complete it's like democratic socialism and it is so yes. funny to me that all of these guys in their puffed out chests and their armani suits and their rolex watches <laughs> and their fancy boxes and the, all that stuff that they are completely dependent on on socialist concepts of revenue sharing and as a result when steve cohen comes along and says hey I'm twice as rich as the next richest guy in this sport. At least <laughs> I am not going to play by your rules. I am going to, I'm going to act like a, I'm going to be the owner of Newcastle. I'm a real Mets fan. I'm yeah. a real, I'm a Mets, real fan. Mets fan. <laughs> yes. I'm going to act like a, a essentially a Saudi oil sheik who just bought a premier league team. And I'm going to spend whatever it takes. Cause I don't care. Cause it doesn't affect me at all. They suddenly yeah. panic and freak out and and are like uh, waving their fans in front of their faces because they're having fainting spells. <laughs> it's so funny it's to me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. 
But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. It's really funny, but it's also really annoying because I, these, these, so many of these small market teams are not trying. So many of these small market teams want it handed to them. They want to be mm-hmm. able to just base, and it's, it's. It really, here's the thing, I, and, and I've, I've talked about this with some people uh, who, are, who are closely related with the, to Premier League, cover the Premier League, and they talk about, and they say, well, you know, would Americans live, would they be able to live with, like, we have people here, you know, we have teams here that have never, you know, even if they've been in the Premier League for 20 years, they've never competed, they've never contended, they're, you know, they're just trying to stay in the league, like, would... It seems like such a big part of American sports is everybody deserves a chance. Everybody should be able to compete. And I'm like, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I think I think American fans would, you know, it's. I mean, here's the thing: we have playoffs too, and they, they that they don't have, and there and there are things that that are related that way. But the Pirates haven't been haven't been good in many 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 years. Okay, that's that's with socialism. That's with them getting all sorts of revenue sharing. The owner's done fine. I don't buy for one minute that the Pittsburgh Pirates haven't made a bunch of money. And if he wants to sell the team, he'll sell it for a lot more than he bought it for, right? So I don't buy any of those arguments. And I don't think that any of the small market teams, I just don't I just don't buy the gripe anymore. I just don't think yeah. look, nobody said sports are fair. Okay. I mean, like like pure if you want this pure sort of like nirvana sport world. Uh, one, you're not going to get it, but two, is that what's happening? I mean, is, I mean, are we still looking around and it's, you know, there's still the, the teams that are the best at this are the teams that win the teams that build the best teams still win. It's still all about competition. And I, I just, I'm, I, I told well, you this, I mean, Steve, Steve, uh, Cohen might be as bad a person as anybody who owns a team, but <laughs> But he's also my favorite owner. He's, he's a great like owner. He's, he's my. He's a great, great. If I were, the, I, I'd be so happy if I was a Mets fan. I'd want Steve Cohen to own my team every day of the week. I love it. The if you really want to shake things up, and this will never in a million, million, trillion, billion years happen. If you really wanted to shake things up, you would have twenty baseball teams in essentially the Premier League, and you would That's have right. ten or eventually twelve. In a you bring some league. you bring some teams up. You can even make it fifteen, you know, twenty and fifteen. You sure. can you could bring you could bring some minor league teams up. You sure. could definitely do it. And then you would have uh, you would have a system where the bottom two get relegated and the top two in the second division get promoted. Yep. But importantly, and this is the key to to giving fans of smaller market teams or less rich teams the possibility of joy and happiness. You would institute. You want you want a way to stop tanking. That's the way to do it, first of all. Yes, um, right. It's not the draft choice thing, the, a draft lottery that randomly rotates. Like the, All these things are Band-Aids. You really want to stop tanking? Make there be a really harsh pun- punishment for tanking. That's Suddenly, right. those owners will care a lot more about who they sign. But in order to really make it uh, exciting, 
you you need an FA Cup style tournament. You need a tournament. I totally agree. In the middle totally of the agree. season or over the course of the whole season, you have an FA Cup. Think about this. Uh, in in 1988, uh, Wimbledon won the FA. Or they, I don't think they won, <laughs> but they beat Liverpool. They beat Liverpool in the FA Cup. Wimbledon. Wimbledon has never won anything meaningful, so and they awesome. beat Liverpool. They, co- clubs, second division clubs, have beaten Titans. Coventry won an FA Cup. Uh, the uh, Southampton won an FA Cup. Like yes. these are teams that are these are the equivalents of the whatever the the current day Houston Rockets, Orlando Magic, Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, Florida Miami Marlins. Like <laughs> they're Wigan. Wigan beat Man City. Wigan beat Man City in a year where they got relegated, and that was recently. It was ten years ago. Like there, yeah. if you want, if you really want to institute. A, uh, a a system in which there is co- actual competition, teams don't tank, and small market teams. Uh, the the Miami Marlins have nothing to root for this year. Miami Marlins has nothing to root for at all. They're not. They're going nowhere. They're in a really right. competitive. They're they have a whatever fifty million dollar payroll, and they're in a division with the Mets, who have a three hundred and seventy million dollar payroll. <laughs> That's right. They have nothing. They they are out of the race for the NL East. On April thirty thirtieth or May fourth or something. However, if there were an FA Cup style tournament that ran concurrently with the season over the course of the whole year, with a with a large bonus pool, like a twenty five million dollar prize for you know for the winner, and and you had uh, and they you know played all every team and in a round robin tournament some teams get buys you know the Dodgers and the Mets and the Yankees get a buy for the first couple right. rounds or whatever right just like in the FA Cup and you get and like the Marlins go on a run and suddenly they're playing a one game you know FA Cup quarterfinal against the Mets and Sandy Alcantara is pitching whoa <laughs> suddenly they have a shot right like they have a legitimate shot at winning a title winning a trophy getting a giant cash bonus and bringing the people of Miami something to actually cheer about. That is absolutely the fix for all of this stuff is to have concurrently running tournaments and that, you know, basketball has flirted with this, but they've only flirted with it as like a, a way to, to, um, to stop tanking where like the, it's the bottom, whatever the bottom six teams or the bottom eight teams actually play or whatever. Who but you knows know my if, idea, you know, my go. idea about this, by the way, no. so I have, I've 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 thought hard about this. Again, this is never going to happen because they're they're never going to come up with this. But here's the the way you do the FA Cup. So you have all of these teams, right? And you let college teams in. So you let college teams into the FA Cup into your baseball FA Cup. Again, you'd have to deal with the whole NCAA thing, but I figure that's the best way to get. I mean, that is that is our smaller, yeah. you know, stuff, right? I mm-hmm. mean, that is you know. So you have you have an FA Cup where you have college teams are allowed in, you have independent teams are allowed in. They have to play each other just like in the real FA Cup. They've got sure. to play each other to get to the next level. I mean, like the FA Cup in in and obviously it's a much smaller country, but the FA Cup goes down to like beer league teams are yeah. allowed to play in it's, the FA it's Cup. Like, <laughs> it's something like 650 teams play in the right, FA Cup. It's right, like, which is it's, amazing. It's guys who are, it's literally like guy, teams made up of guys who are like plumbers and dentists. And that's stuff. right. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, and if they win one game and get, you know, somehow, sometimes they've, you know, they, they get to play one of the top teams, which is right. incredible and so much fun. College teams, 
independent teams, they're in it. You you, you, right. you know, you could put together – that's what – they're like 100 teams. You make 100 teams in this thing, I, I mean, it would be such a spectacle. And it would do something that I think baseball has forgotten, which is as baseball has moved away from the minor leagues, uh, it has forgotten that, like – Baseball is supposed to be American, man. It's not just supposed to be only in the 30 cities that have Major League Baseball. It's supposed to be everywhere. Every city, every state, every city used to have its own baseball team that that mattered. And obviously it's been many years since then. I don't know that we can ever rebuild that structure. But if you had, I mean, I'm just thinking Vanderbilt's playing like, you know, the Red Sox in in a in an amazing. FA Cup. It would be amazing. It would be amazing. <laughs> and what if it, what if Vanderbilt has like the number like Wake Forest this year has the number one uh pick the number I think in the draft. What if I don't know who it is. I don't even know if it's a pitcher or a hitter. But let's say you had the number one pitcher in the draft and you were playing the Red Sox and you got to throw you'd have a chance. You'd have like a real you'd have an actual shot. It would be so awesome. It would be so great. We've solved it, man. We really have. We've solved it. We've completely solved it. Good job. Uh, we've solved the Jordan LeBron thing. We solved the the <laughs> baseball competition problem. We've really like we've kind of nailed it today. We do so much good here, man. We just do as America's number one sports podcast. It's what you expect. So it's good. what you've come to expect from America's number one sports podcast. I have one other topic for you, but but uh, you you had a topic you wanted to discuss. I do. I have a topic. Well, here's what I want to do. This is one of my favorite things about the new season. So pitchers and catchers have reported. Everybody's uh, everybody's now basically in camp. Uh, we're getting all of our uh, best shape of their lives stories coming out already. Uh, so it's kind of fun. But here's one of my favorite things about the new season is you have guys playing in places and you're like, wait, what? how did he go there? Like, how did he end up there? So I want to go through a few trades with you. Uh, to talk, or not just trades, but moves to talk about new guy in new place. I, I, I want this segment to be new guy in new right. place. So I'm gonna Good. I'm gonna give you some. So here we go. And this is I'm gonna start with one. The reason that I thought of this, I wrote about this guy a little bit today, and I completely forgot that he's not even on the team anymore. So Luis uh, Arias yeah. is now playing for who? Uh, he is playing for. Uh, uh... God damn it. <laughs> he, went somewhere, to... he, he went somewhere interesting. Did he go to the Marlins? Yes. He's on the Marlins. Yeah. So Luis Arias on the Marlins. Is that a, that's a good thing, right? I love that. That that weirdly, it's a great move for the Marlins because the Marlins had good pitching last year. Yeah. And they didn't have a single person who could literally put the ball into play on the field. And <laughs> so the, he that Luis Arias puts the ball into play more than just about anybody else. He had exactly he the league in hits last year, I think. And he was in the, did he win He's the batting just, title or was he, he won he the batting couple, title. He did. Okay. He ended up winning the batting title. At yeah. So or put a guy, yeah. put, put a guy at the top of your lineup who gets 200 hits a year. Like that's a great, that's a great move for them. I love that move. I like the move. I like the move. All right. Where is Nathan Eovaldi now? He went to uh, uh, um, I can't remember the Rangers, Texas Rangers. Rangers. Now I don't know if that's a good move or not. That could be good. He, Will he, be, he might be good he for is them. A good that that guy. First of all, let's give it up for Nate Evaldi. First of all, Red Sox twenty eighteen 
World Series legend. Uh, legend. We'll Absolute always, legend. We'll, be, we'll never buy a beer in New England for the rest of his life because of what <laughs> That's he did right. in that series. But he had two Tommy John surgeries, that guy. Two. He's like, he is a, 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 a he when he came up with the Marlins and when he was pitching for the Yankees, he was throwing 102 miles an hour and he was in, he never quite put it together, but it was always like, man, this guy's arm is absolutely electric. And yes. he is twice, I, unless I'm mistaken, I believe twice has come back from a potentially career ending injury and is still do, getting it done, man. He has been the yeah. Red Sox best pitcher for the last two or three years. Yeah, uh, with Chris Sale having gone down, and I'm, good, I'm really happy for that guy that he's still he's still doing it. Yeah, good pickup. Rangers are weirdly good? Question mark. Weirdly, weirdly <laughs> interesting. You know what? Yeah. It was getting rid of it was getting rid of uh, of uh, uh, a certain Brandon McCarthy, right? Like, don't you think that really, was a big yeah. key? Without question, that's <laughs> when that's when things turned around for them. <laughs> that's when things started to turn around. All right, where's Michael Conforto going to be playing this year? Uh, Conforto went to the, uh, I don't remember, Mets? The Giants! Michael Conforto on the, the Giants! Okay, all right. Yep, so that's, that's, that, I think that's going to be helpful. Did Taylor Rogers also with the Giants, by the way, just to... Where did Mitch Hanniger go? Mitch Hanniger went to the Giants, didn't he? he? Did, Isn't right? Mitch Hanniger yeah. on the Giants as well? I'm pretty no, sure. it did, or the Diamondbacks. No, the Giants. Giants. I think yeah, it was the Giants. the Giants. I think yeah. the Chaniger went to the Giants. But I think right. that went... was. I think the Giants were like that was their sort of consolation prize when they right. didn't get Correa. That's was, right. Was, yeah. uh... Where had, is uh, Brand... Mitch Chaniger? By the way, two years ago, and last year injuries, sad. Two years ago, that guy had uh, scored a hundred runs out a hundred RBI. He was good. Hit forty <laughs> yeah. homers. Like a, a, like <laughs> possibility. It's a it's a perfect Giants kind of pickup of like a guy who who if things go well. He's it's like, wait, they're paying that guy like yeah. nothing. And he's he's like put, hitting 30 home runs. Like it, I, that's a really good move for them, too. Yeah. I think two year, $36 million deal. They signed him to. So that's that counts that's as nothing in the modern in the in modern, the modern day. All right. Where is Brandon Drury playing this year? I have no idea. Oh, Brandon Drury is an angel. Is that really? is that help the angels at all? I guess it doesn't hurt him. You uh, know just, where Justin I Turner is bigger, now. The bigger question is. Does anything ever help the Angels? <laughs> nope, nope, nope. What if the Angels saw, literally just one day they got to go to like to the Field of Dreams and get every great player who ever lived? Would they win a World Series? I don't know. Uh, that's a really good question. If they, <laughs> if they, let's say like, they went to the Field of Dreams and they were like, "All right, we our third baseman is now uh, um, Eddie Matthews." And our shortstop is now Honus Wagner. And our second baseman is Joe Morgan. And our first baseman is Lou Gehrig. And our catcher is Yogi. And uh, we're keeping Trout in center. We're keeping uh, Shohei as our DH. But we got Babe Ruth now in right field. What that third? That team finished third. 79 and 83. (laughs) (laughs) You know where Justin Turner is now. Are you excited about the Justin Turner experience? I have always loved Justin Turner. He is 38 years old now. I, I don't expect right, yeah. a ton of, I expect, I think they got him for a sort of like veteran leadership kind of a deal. The biggest story yes. about Justin Turner was that he chose, I think he chose number two, which is Xander Bogarts's number, which is a pretty bold move to, to take over that number uh, right Justin away. Justin Turner gives every, Every element of he doesn't care. Like yeah. every element of Justin Turner is like, yeah, whatever, man. I've just, I've been I, around this game a long uh, time, man. I think there's a chance 
not a good chance, but a chance that he sort of plays the role that Mike Lowell played when yeah, he joined the Red that. Sox, which is like he the this guy's been around, he knows how to win, he's been on championship teams, he's like a guy that everybody likes. He sets a good example. He plays good defense. He's lost a step, but he that guy, the part of the reason it's been so fun to watch that guy play for the Dodgers for the last decade is his at-bats are great. He just puts together yeah, really good at-bats. He has an incredible eye. He he when he complains about a pitch that is called a strike, he's always right. Like it, he's <laughs> never it's never been the case that he's like looked back at the ump when the when it's been an actual strike. He he's really patient, he's really steady. He's a really calming presence. I I I like it not because I think he's going to like magically turn the lineup around, but just because I like watching him play and I like him in yeah, theory look, in the lineup. And would it, would it surprise you if he came out and hit this year? Would not. Would not surprise no, me. I'm not, not saying with that, it's going to happen. That wall, look, he's he's a pull hitter. Like he he yep. could bang he could bang 30 doubles off the wall. Like he could have a he could have Absolutely. a good year. It I, could. It I'm might optimistic. not. But yeah. but but I like it. All right, you know where Dansby Swanson is, right? You no. remember the big Dansby Swanson signing, right? I, I don't. See, this is the thing. The offseason flies by so fast. Dansby, Dansby Swanson is with the Cubs. He's he signed on the a seven, Cubs. Seven-year, $177 million deal with the Cubs. Um, okay. Also, uh, I want to say, quick shout-out, uh, Mallory Swanson, formerly Mallory Pugh, uh, Dansby Swanson's wife uh, scored the winning goal in the U.S. Women's National Team game yesterday. Uh, it was awesome. That that is the greatest sports couple going right now, right? Dansby Swanson and Mallory Pugh Swanson, like gotta be. That's gotta. Be. I, I I'm so excited for the athletic ability of their children, their future children. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you on Nomar then? Nomar and oh, uh, no, Mia Hamm, Mia. great one, great one. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Where is Andrew Benintendi playing this year? He was on the uh, he was on the Royals. Where the hell was he? <laughs> he was on the Royals, and then the Royals traded him uh, to the Yankees. Know. He was the remember that? Oh, you, oh yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, him. I meant I meant yeah. where did he go? I don't remember where he. He ended is up. he signed a five year, seventy five million dollar deal with the White Sox. The White Sox. About that. About that. He's a good player, yeah, man. That's... He's a good player. He saved the Red Sox season. He saved the Red Sox season with that sliding catch. Off of Bregman, he he's a very, he's a good outfielder and he hits, but he, no power. I'm, I'm no, he's on. like he's like a number two play a hitter sometimes and a number seven hitter sometimes. But he's steady. Yep. He's a good. He'll hit two seventy five and and play good defense. And he's a, he's still young, right? He can't even be thirty. He's probably twenty eight. No, he's not thirty. He's got maybe twenty seven. Even yeah, I mean, yeah. He's, he's definitely pretty young. He's small. He's a small little guy. He's like five eight or something or five nine. Where is Chris Bassett going to be doing his pitching this year? I don't know. I don't Blue Jays, Blue Jays oh. with a little Chris Bassett. How? That helps what them. is your What is your prediction for the Blue Jays season? We We're going to do our official predictions uh, when it's uh, uh, opening yes. weekend. We'll make our our ninety nine forty four. My early, I'm bullish on them, but I always am. I'm always bullish on that team. I like. A couple of the moves they made, I I I feel like they're gonna hit. I mean, what has been their problem? How do you how do you explain their problem in the last couple of years? Because they got off like they were kind of the like sneaky like underdog favorites to win the East uh, in both years. They got off to slow starts, and that last year they made the playoffs and immediately lost in the wild card. But they they seem to like 
catch fire in July? Like, how do we avoid another I, situation yeah, where the Blue Jays well, get off to a slow start? For some reason, their pitching has never quite been as good as it should have been. Like, I was so excited when they got Barrios, Jose Barrios. I just yeah, thought, I was too. oh my gosh, perfect for them. And he just wasn't very good last year at all, yeah. you know? Like, like he took up a bunch of their starts and he had a 523 ERA. I mean, he just struggled. I mean, look, they won 92 games last year. It wasn't like it was terrible, but um, I'm but bullish. They, I, I mean, I, they had I, Robbie Ray, Hinjin Ryu. They had Alec Manoa in 2021. They had Barrios. Yeah. They had Jordan Romano closing. And then their lineup is absurd. They've got, you know, Vladdy Jr. Oh, and Sammy and Bo Bichette and, and Teoscar Hernandez, who's now gone, um, and Springer. I mean, Springer was hurt. And Springer's been hurt uh, and missed a bunch of time. But, like, they were just, like, they just seemed like they were primed to to – to light it up and they just kind and of they never, might and they might yeah, this they year might. but you're but you're right but it's losing been, to Oscar look, hernandez is a that's a blow man that guy's really it, good it's true it's true they should still hit though all right what about wilson Contreras? where is wilson Contreras this year no idea the cardinals how oh, about no. this what no. i know i know i know that's just one of those like oh god that's just you know, he's just going to be an all-star for the next five years. What do you it, think about guys who move from the Cubs to the Cardinals or vice versa? The Jason It's not. Hayward it's not thing. cool. It's a Red Sox-Yankees thing. It's not, yeah. it's not super cool. But, you know, I mean, I don't blame him for going to the Cardinals. That's, that seems like it's pretty good. Is he the good. best hitting catcher, uh, uh, catcher? I mean, maybe Adley Rutschman this year. But who, who's a better hitting catcher than Wilson Contreras? I, I think Contreras... Many, right? No, uh, Philadelphia's. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. But that he, he, there, there's like he's top three in the league, right? Hitting yeah. catchers, he's got. Oh, be. definitely, definitely. I mean, look, I think this is going to be the thing that's going to be interesting is he's obviously replacing you know one of the all-time Cardinal legends in Yachty, and everybody in St. Louis loves Yachty, and I think they're going to come in there and like go. Oh wait, wait! Now we have a catcher who can hit. Like that's that's gonna be that's gonna be a very different feeling, you know, for them. Yeah. Where is Jamison Talon gonna be? Tyon gonna oh, be uh, he, pitching this year? Oh, that's on the tip of my tongue. He is a cub. He is a cub Cubs, too. Cubs, cub. It feels like a cub, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean that maybe that's because he started with the Pirates, so he has like an NL Central vibe to him or something. <laughs> Speaking of Cubs, Cody Ballinger, is that going to work with the Cubs? That's going to be so weird to see him in a Cubs uniform. I hope I hope it does. I really you like do. Cody. I like I, Cody. I, I, yeah, like I I think um I think that there's some that he he smacks of a guy who has a problem that is fixable in the way that like Matt Carpenter came back out of nowhere last year and right. changed his whole swing and suddenly was Babe Ruth like Right. I think there there's a chance that if he gets in front of the right person Maybe. and he makes an adjustment, he can I mean you it very few people go from MVP of the league at like twenty two to right. out, essentially out of the league at twenty five. Like that, that's it was crazy. You know, it's and, so and crazy. it's sort of the same long swing. It's not like he didn't have a big long swing when he won MVP, but for some reason he just stopped making contact. Yeah. All right. Last one that you know where he is. But what is it going to mean to the Phillies to have Trey Turner? I 
feel like they're uh, crazily enough, even with the Mets um, doing everything that they did, I might I might take the Phillies to win that division. And, and, you know, the craziest part is Atlanta might be the best team in that division. That division is so absurdly loaded. Absurd. That is the <laughs> that is the AL East of, of the today. 90s. Of the, yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, the 20s. Yeah, that, I, I mean, it's... the Phillies were so close last year. And granted, a lot of stuff went right for them. They got hot at the right time. But also, but stuff went wrong, too. I mean, Harper, you know, yeah. couldn't play the field. I mean, there's some stuff went wrong for them. Just too. imagine Trey Turner on base for all of those Bryce Harper at bats. <laughs> and suddenly... It's a very, a, it's hard to know how they don't lead the league in scoring runs. Yeah, um, the I mean, Braves pitching loaded. is still so good, but man, oh man! By the way, uh, Real Muto eight twenty OPS last year. Wilson Contreras eight oh seven. So it's pretty close. Yeah, super close. Super yeah. close. All right, one more. I'm going to throw at you just to ask you because we talk about this Rangers team. I mean, I don't know how healthy he'll be, but. Jacob DeGrom is a Ranger. That's wild. so weird. That's what so was his wild. deal? His deal was five years, right? Five years, 185. Yeah. 185 for five. It, you know, it's, it's rare that a deal is either uh, an absolute bargain or an enormous disaster <laughs> that ruins your franchise for a half a decade. But that is, that's that deal. Right. Strasburg was the same way, right? When, yeah. when, the, when Washington went for Strasburg and said, that's it, we're going all in on Strasburg. That had the chance of being like, hey, that's a good deal. Strasburg is a terrific pitcher. Or this will wreck your franchise for the next decade, which is what it's doing. That that, that yeah. is absolutely wrecking that franchise. Degrom, there's a there is a better than average chance that Degrom pitches fewer than ten games a year for that. Oh, team absolutely. Over the course of five years. Like it's no, like a, you it is an absolute coin flip. Yeah. Him showing up at camp and then like going, oh, my side hurts. Terrible sign. Just a terrible, terrible sign. And I hope, I mean, look, I love DeGrom and I love watching him pitch and nothing would make me like happier than to see him be super successful in Texas. But I don't know, man. That is is a risky move. He has made, he is both the best pitcher of his generation and also he is made out of very fine china that that (laughs) tends to crack and chip at the slightest. But he's he's uh, another one of those guys who's like, oh, I feel better today. And then he throws 104. It's like, slow down, man. Just settle. Throw 98. It's okay. Yeah. Just, just it's quit. A, it's a game against the Royals in May. Just relax a little <laughs> bit and maybe try to try, sit at you 95. Seen, you'll be fine. Have you seen the video? There's a video going around on YouTube of the guy who, who invented the uh, field goal kicking machine yes like i saw that yeah like, yeah yeah so there so for those of you who haven't seen it first of all go it's hilarious it's basically like a, like the, the machine that hits a golf ball right whatever that thing is called um but it's but it's for field goals and he sets it up and he they're actually going up against a kicker which is hilarious and then he finally makes like yeah, let's put it on full blast and he puts it on full blast and it's the craziest highest kick you've ever seen like it almost hits the roof of the of the uh of the place it's absolutely hilarious but my favorite part is at the end he's like let's go for it he puts it all in and like the leg comes flying off like he like he he had put it at too high a setting that's what Jacob deGrom is to me. Jacob deGrom is the guy that like is always at too high a setting. And so like one time he's like, his arm just falls off. I mean, just <laughs> like reel it in Jake. I mean, seriously, just, just a little bit, just reel it in a little bit. All right. What do you got for me? I just want to read into the record. We've started this thing of reading things into the record. On That's the right. Podcast. We read That's into right. the record, the roster of the 
Netherlands World Baseball Classic team, uh, which is delightful and wonderful. But for a different reason, I would now like to read into the record the 2023 Dominican World Baseball Classic team. Oh, I love this. Because, I love this. Uh, the Dominican Republic is a small island nation of roughly 11 million people. It's about the size of Ohio, call it. And That's right. here, here are some players, not all of them. Here are some of the players on the Dominican World Baseball Classic team. Yes. Uh, pitchers, you've got uh, Sandy Alcantara. You've got uh, Johnny Cueto. I love that he's pitching again. You've got Luis Garcia from the Astros, who's incredible. Yes. You've got Christian Javier from the Astros, who who's incredible. Just threw a no hitter in the World Series. Yeah, correct. You've got Rafael Montero of the Astros. You've got that's right. Gregory Soto. You've got uh, Diego Castillo from the Mariners. Genesis Cabrera from the Cardinals. It's a very, very good pitching staff. Uh, here are yeah, some in, right. here are some infielders on the Dominican team: Willie Adamas, Rafael Devers, Wander Franco, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Manny Machado, Kettle Marte, Jeremy Pena, and Gene Segura. <laughs> I mean, oh, you and you literally just skipped right over Rafael Devers. You oh, just skipped right no, no, over I, him. I said Devers. I said Devers. No, I thought I, you said I, you went from Cano right to Franco. Oh, maybe I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So Willie Adamas, Robinson Cano, Rafael Devers, Wander Franco, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Manny Machado, Kettle Marte, Jeremy Pena, and Gene Segura. That is a list of the best infielders in baseball, <laughs> minus like three or four guys. For outfielders, I'll just name a couple outfielders on the team. Just name a couple of them. Yeah, I'll, just name a name a, I'll name a couple outfielders. Teoscar Hernandez, uh, Aloy Jimenez, Julio Rodriguez, and Juan Soto. Juan Soto. And Juan then, Soto. And then as a DH, throw Nelson Cruz in there. He hits 40 home just, runs every year. Why not? Let's throw Nelson Cruz in there. Why not? Just put him in there. Absolutely. This, this team is bananas. Think about this, okay? I, I have now I have devised uh, an optimal starting lineup. Uh, for for like a, a theoretical championship game for the Dominican team. Ready? Yep. Leading off is Julio Rodriguez. He's 22 years old. He's the best baseball player who's ever lived. Then, <laughs> right, that's right. Uh, we'll throw Jose Ramirez in there. He'll play second for us. Uh, hitting third is Juan Soto, whose best comp for his age is Ted Williams. Uh, we'll have Vladdy Jr. Uh, hit uh, clean up and play first. Hey, we'll have, why not? Yeah, why not? You know, DH, tricky. We could have Nelson Cruz in there. Let's throw Devers in a DH, uh, hitting fifth. <laughs> hitting sure. sixth, uh, third base will be Manny Machado. Hitting yep. seventh is Jeremy Pena, our shortstop. <laughs> seventh. He's hitting seventh. He's he, right. he The guy who, who re- <clears throat> replaced an all-time legend, uh, in Carlos Correa at short for the Astros and then played better than Correa did. Yeah, what is he? The, he's, what is he, 21? 21, 21 of the greatest 22. player ever lived? Yeah, that's right. Our one weakness, I would say, is catchers. So, we'll, well, you know, we need a right fielder. Let's throw Starling Marte in and in, in right. Uh, and then we'll have Gary Sanchez uh, catch and hit ninth. And uh, our starting pitcher oh, will be... You could put Mejia. You could put Mejia, sure. We could put, sure. hit Mejia, yeah. And then uh, we'll have Sandy Alcantara, the reigning NL Cy Young Award winner. Uh, start the game for us. That is the who, who I know it's a tournament. Anything can happen. Who is beating the Dominican team? Who is beating that team? That's, no, that's nobody, an all-star nobody, team. Nobody's nobody's even close to as good, like from a talent standpoint, as that team. It's uh it's it's incredible. It's incredible. And how many of those guys are like 27 or younger? Almost Julio Rodriguez, Juan Soto, Vladdy Jr., Devers, Pena. I mean, these guys are all so young. Like the future, the next ten years. I know that the Dominican contingent has been dominant in baseball for a very long time. The next ten years is all about the Dominican Republic in Major League Baseball. I, I mean, oh, absolutely. That that and- that that lineup, that team is so absurd. 
and that doesn't that that I again that's just one pitch. Alcantara, the best, arguably the best pitcher in baseball, is just one of their pitchers, and and they also have the guy who threw the no hitter in the World Series. They also have uh, they have incredible relievers up and down the lineup. I mean, it's absurd. It's absurd. It really is absurd when you start looking at uh, that team and then you start comparing it to the American team. Yeah. Not to say that the American team doesn't have great players. They do. I mean, you know, you've got Arenado at third. You got Turner at short. You got, uh, I guess, Goldschmidt at first. And then what? Jeff McNeil, I guess, is your second baseman. It's okay. It's okay. It's a decent team. It's okay. It's, yeah. Oh, it's a good team. Yeah. Then your outfielders are Mookie Betts. Mike Trout and what Cedric Mullins, I guess Kyle Tucker, I guess probably Kyle, Kyle Tucker. Tucker, yeah. All right, and then uh, your catcher is going to be Will Smith with the uh, Real Muto probably as the backup. Will Smith, the other of the top three hitting catchers, certainly. Yeah, terrific can. hitting catcher. Yeah, and then your your rotation. Um, I, I mean, I, Kershaw's on this roster. Are you going to Kersh- pitch? Kershaw? Kershaw's not pitching. They just announced he's not pitching. He's not pitching. Okay. Yeah, there's some kind of like Lance insurance Lynn issue or something. Lance Lynn is on this roster? Oh, okay. Wainwright, is Adam Wainwright still on this team? Boy, Wayno, this is an old pitching, pitching staff. Wow. That's, their, their lineup is good. Their pitching staff is the problem, I think. But it uh, shouldn't be. They've got to be. So they're just a bunch of pitchers. That are like, what about all those Brewers pitchers? Where are those guys? Yeah. Where's Aaron Nola? Where's like, uh, where, where are the Phillies pitchers? I don't know uh, who who was available and who wasn't, who's injured and who isn't. By the way, why is Emmanuel Clase not on the Dominican team? He's Dominican. Why is he? Not? He's the best closer in baseball. Why is he not pitching for this team? Is he not? They didn't have room for him? him. They just didn't. They just didn't have room for. Him. No, I don't think he's on the team. No, weird. He. I mean, that guy throws the most unhittable pitch I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> he's not even. Couldn't make the team. That guy. <laughs> incredible incredible all right well we'll give you more as we go forward uh all right time for one last meaningless thing then this meaningless thing it's one last meaningless thing to end this meaningless thing we talk about sports and we draft things we know like how beaches are terrible places to go no hot fruit for michael no diet coke for joe and uh you want to go first sure um you know uh if you have iphoto you occasionally will get a like the, your computer will suggest like here's a memory for you of like that's you know, right yeah spring, ago, spring like that, yeah. 2014 or whatever <laughs> so i happened to be looking at those memories today and i was like oh yeah here's the time that we went to the beach with our kids uh and here's the time that we had a birthday party for my daughter or whatever and then the tight they come up with titles for them like fun at the beach or whatever and one of the titles was uh the australian Bee Gees concert <laughs> And I found Australian that Bee Gees concert. concert. Yeah. I found that fascinating for two reasons. One is I've never been to Australia. Right. And the other is that I've never seen a Bee Gees concert. So I've <laughs> definitely never seen a Bee Gees concert in Australia. The memory that it had put together was a time my daughter was really into horses. And I went to, uh, I took her to Las Vegas to see the like jousting, the medieval jousting show 
that's sure. at uh, one of the casinos there. And we sat in the, you know, we like, you know, you have like a medieval meal of like chicken and and mead, which is like apple juice <laughs> or whatever. And uh, and they ride they ride around on horses, and they're from different countries, and they you know they joust each other and stuff, and it's it's like totally fun and great. And for some reason, the algorithm, the iPhoto algorithm, looked at those photos and thought that I was at a Bee Gees concert in Australia. <laughs> I, I love that. I don't know. So I don't know much. what it was. I mean, they're in like weird costumes, and there is a crowd, and it is like a sort of theater environment. But I, I have no idea why that. That's what came out of it. It must have been somehow. Like the colors or the costumes or something about it must have like triggered. A, a, a an AI memory of other people who have been at Bee Gees concerts in Australia, and it was like, oh, I guess that's where these folks were. So there you go. That's so delightful, so yeah. delightful. But now you need to go to an Australian Bee Gees concert. I think you need. To... I guess, yeah. I, I wonder when the to... Bee Gees have even last been in Australia. Like that, yeah, like, that don't, feels. I don't believe they're feels still like... touring. Like I don't think, I don't think I could do that, even if I wanted to. Uh, I don't know. Very weird. I love it. I love it. All right. My one last meaningless thing is not super meaningless. I, I, I thought of a super meaningless one, but I'm not going to do that one. I'm actually going to do a recommendation for my uh, one last meaningless thing. Hmm. Uh, so when Mike and I first met, very first met, what is that, 40, 50 years ago, um, <laughs> we went to dinner. And among the earliest conversations uh we had one of the earliest things we talked about in our conversation was how we both had read and loved uh, the power broker, Robert right. Caro's the power broker, which is weird. You don't run into that many power broker, you know, stands, I guess. Um, although it's obviously a very popular uh, book uh, for what it is, but we both uh, just loved it. And so I was in Winston Salem the other day, uh, my there with my my daughter is going to Wake Forest. Very excited, mm-hmm. and um, and it was we were just like, ah, what are we gonna do? She was with friends, and we were like, what are we gonna do? And it said, hey, there's a documentary playing at the this uh, very cool little uh, independent theater called Turn Every Page, which is the adventures of Robert Caro and Bob Gottlieb. Robert Gottlieb, who is his uh, editor. Right. And uh, so we went and we saw it on a screen that I am not even exaggerating. It's about as big as my computer screen. I mean, it was this itty bitty screen, sure. itty bitty theater. One of my all time favorite movie experiences. It was that movie is so good. And I don't know how many of you out there are, uh, uh, you know, either Robert Caro fans or Bob Gottlieb fans. Bob Gottlieb, one of the all time uh, legends in in book editing edited uh, he is the guy I found out in this movie not to not to give any spoilers away um, he's the one that came up with uh, catch twenty two it was originally supposed to be catch catch 18. eighteen yeah yeah and he was the guy Bob Gottlieb was the guy uh, who who changed it to catch twenty two anyway unbelievably wonderful movie about publishing and writing and art and 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 mortality and you know these guys uh for those of you who who are not followers robert caro has written four um books about lyndon johnson he is in the middle of writing his fifth he famously takes a very 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 long time uh to write his books so a big theme of the movie is that this is the last thing he's ever going to do. This is the last time he and Bob Gottlieb are ever going to work together. They're sort of racing against the clock 
to get this final Lyndon Johnson book done. It's so good. I can't even begin to describe how much I loved it. Turn every page. I don't know where it'll be playing in your town, uh, but uh, fantastic. Just fantastic. Also, just official podcast recommendation of the highest order. Read The Power Broker. The Power Broker, oh. I believe, I whenever anyone says, like, what's the greatest book you've ever read, I often say The Power Broker. It, yeah. it is a, first of all, if you have ever lived in New York City, it will explain to you exactly why it's so infuriating <laughs> to live in New York City. And second of all, it is the rare uh, biography of a person that whose name you probably don't know off the top of your head or maybe have heard in passing but don't know anything about him really where you realize a this is the most this was the most powerful person in the world at a certain moment yeah. which is rare for a person you've never heard of like he he was so powerful in his day that the president of the United States tried to essentially get rid of him and couldn't. <laughs> could not. Could yeah. not. Mayors, com- yeah. New York mayors, New York governors, just LaGuardia, at his mercy, Roosevelt, at his mercy. all of these, all of these people just trying so hard to get rid of him, and it was impossible. And but the other thing about it is, as a book, it is the rare um, biography piece of nonfiction that reads like a page-turning novel. Yes. And it's yes. it's a good thing that it reads that way because it's like 1,200 pages long. Yes, like, it, yeah. it is. Here's the thing I would say about it. It's 700,000 words, which is, which is uh, to give you an idea, the Baseball 100 is like one-third the, the, yeah. the length of, uh, of this. But here's the thing. Read the introduction. That's all I would even say. Just, you know, the book is, it, you can't get the book uh, digitally. It is not available digitally. You have to actually buy a copy of the book. Read the introduction. You will not stop reading. The introduction. Yeah, that's is, a great point. It's so good. You will be like, I am totally hooked. I have to know what's going on. I have to know who this guy is. It is. A, the introduction is, first of all, incredible. And second of all, there's like an eight-page sequence in the introduction where it just literally lists the things that Robert Moses did. <laughs> and, he, and they and, talk about that in the movie. And yeah. you, you cannot believe what you are reading it is uh it is truly <laughs> truly like the a, a masterwork of of writing of research of authorship of art it's it's just the best it's the best book ever yeah I've ever in, read. in fact just to if, for those of you who have read it you are aware of this incredible section of the of the introduction where he literally just lists off things he got that from the Iliad. Like literally, he talks about that in the in the wow. uh, in the movie about what inspired him to be like. How can I get across? Because people, Robert Moses is the name of the person by the the power broker, and and uh, nobody knows Robert Moses. No, I didn't know Robert Moses was when I started. I, nope. I don't think I had any awareness. And he's like, how can I explain to people? just what an, a titanic figure Robert Moses was. And that's what he did. And so he, so he listed off. Oh, it's anyway. I want to pitch something to you. I'm going to have a pitch. Should we yes. have a podcast book club Oh, where, where we pick a book, maybe a sports related book to start and we read it and we encourage our listeners to read it as well. And then we discuss the book on the podcast. Oh, I like this. I'm I looking like this. for I... new ways to waste time. <laughs> And I feel like we could choose, like, for example, we could read Howard Bryant's Ricky biography. Sure, uh, sure. For example, and then we and then we could discuss. We'd have him come on. We'd have, have him Howard come, come on. on, right? We could read Luckiest Man. But we man. wouldn't let Howard talk. 
Yeah. Love that. We we have Howard come on. Yeah. We're like, Howard, we brought you on to talk about the Ricky Anderson book. Now you just wait. We're going to talk about it. You just have to listen. There's also to the Jeff Perlman, Bo Jackson book we could it's, read. Which is, which is um, fantastic. Yeah. The, yes. the, the, let's, just, let's think about this. Maybe next week. Maybe, maybe, maybe. We don't know. We don't really plan anything or think about it. No, anything. we really don't. We, we don't think anything <laughs> through. But maybe we'll announce a new podcast book club and pick a book. And then we can all read it together and then we can talk about the book. Uh, and people can write in questions or, or discussion topics. A- absolutely. it would be kind of fun, right? I think it'd be fun. I all think right. it'd be a good waste of time. I mean, I think that li- like literally what we're doing is we're taking things that are fun on an individual basis, like opening baseball cards or, mm-hmm. or being in a book club and bringing them to the absolute medium where they don't fit. That's all. right. Just put, do, doing it on a podcast, which is the worst way to have a book club. But I think yeah. that's the best way for us to do it. I think it, the, the worse the idea is, the more apt it is for this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> So that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. All right, we'll talk about this next week. Mike, as always, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.